When you come to uh, this time of year, um, it's, it's right and appropriate, I think, to, um, uh, you know, to speak about Christmas. I believe Christmas to be a great window of opportunity for us. I know some of us, uh, you know, can find Christmas time a challenging time and we long for the normal and we long for normality. But for the house of God, for us as church, it is a, ph- a phenomenal window to, um, to, to point people towards Jesus. And, uh, and I also think it's a good opportunity for us to come and, and talk about the Savior we love and the Savior uh, we believe in and how he came into the world. Uh, Galatians 4.4 is where I just wanted to point us uh, as I was thinking, well, Lord, you know, what, should I, what message should I bring uh, this Christmas time. And I was, read, I was reading this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under law. And I was meditating on the fact that Christmas time is the time we celebrate the fact that God sent His Son into the world. Uh, we talk about that stuff all the time, but I think it is good just to, to come and focus on the fact that, that Jesus did not arrive by accident. He was sent for God so loved the world that He sent. I, God sent a Savior because we need a Savior. I need a Savior. I, 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 I need, if you like, I need, I need a Savior more than I need Christmas, I need Savior more than I need the store. I need a Savior. I, I don't know about you, but for me, I need a Savior. I need, uh, Jesus came to save us from our sins. I needed someone to save me from my sins. I was lost. I needed to be found. I needed God to come and do something in my life. And I thank God that he did just that. Anyone glad of that today? So that's where I was focusing, and yet I felt the Lord just refocus me on that first phrase. But when the fullness of time had come, but when the fullness of time had come, and I want to come and talk to you about that for a moment. Because I just, I just love that phrase, that the fullness of time means that there is a right time. There is an appointed time. Ecclesiastes tells us that there is a time for everything. We understand from a couple of points in Scripture that Jesus knew that God had a timetable. That's why he said to his mother in John 2, Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. Of course, that was to do with the miracle and uh, the turning the water into wine. But Jesus had this understanding that there was some stuff for him to do, but there was also God's timetable. 
There was, there was, there was, yes, it didn't take anything away from the fact that there were things that needed to happen. There were things that needed to be done, but there was a right time for those things to take place. I want to come and remind us this morning that God's delays are not God's denials. Because things take a little time, it doesn't mean that God is saying no. It just means that there is a right time. Diana Ross sang, you can't hurry love. And as it turns out, it would appear you can't hurry God. You can't hurry love. No. Okay. You just have to wait. She said, love don't come easy. It's a game of give and take. You can't hurry, love. No, you just have to wait. He said, love don't come easy. It's a game of give and take. I can't believe you know that song. Some of the young people are going, what? What? The fullness of time tells us God is on time. We are expectant as a family, but probably not quite as expectant as Bethany. It's Bethany's birthday today, and it's also her due date to uh, be having the baby. We'll see. Um, she, she, you know, Bethany, like Gemma, is also a planner. And uh, she, you know, uh, is expecting everything to be done, dusted out of the way before Christmas. Because you know what? She's got stuff to do, hey? And, uh, you know, she just wants to get this uh, all sorted and all done. Uh, the only thing is that no one really has been able to let the baby know about Bethany's schedule. And so it would appear that the baby is actually going to arrive when the baby wants to arrive. Because there is a right time for that to happen. God is not working to my timetable. God works to providential punctuality. I like that. Providential punctuality. God never arrives in the nick of time. You know, we, we use that language, don't we? we? We say, oh, just in the nick of time, or right at the last minute, right at one minute to midnight. You know, it was like, but that is because we view things through our timetable. We view things through our expectation. God is nev never arrives in the nick of time because according to his schedule, he's arriving on time. God is always on time. His, his timing is absolutely perfect. God arrives on time every time. And I know that some of us may find ourselves challenged because we want things to happen quicker. We want things to, to happen because we've got all the reasons in the world why we know when it needs to happen. But how many of us have lived long enough where we, we look back and say, wow, you know, I was praying for this and I was on it and I really want it to happen, but now I see. Now I understand why I had to wait a while. Now I understand why things took a little time. The fullness 
of time tells us that there are some things that take time. We live in a world where we want things faster and faster. Instant downloads, instant coffee, instant whip. Do they still make instant whip? I don't know. Does anyone have, have instant whip anymore? We used to, I don't know why I'm thinking. They used to make like a... It's Angel Delight now, apparently. But in my day, it was instant whip. It was this powdery stuff that you mixed with milk, filled with like chemicals and everything, and, and some kind of flavoring. Butterscotch flavor. I remember butterscotch flavor. And... Uh, and then also, I think my grandma was the, used to mix instant whip with jelly. And made like this blimangy concoction. Anyway, anyone who wants to try that over the Christmas season, it's all free. All these recipe tips are all free here on a Sunday. You know, we have microwave meals. We have fast food. We have speed dating. But there are some things that just take a little time. I've made a Christmas cake. I know. I know. I don't want to go on about it too much. Actually, that's not entirely true. I want to go on it <laughs> quite a lot because it is the first Christmas cake that I have ever made. And uh, we were away uh, on holiday, um, and, and my wife shoved a Sainsbury's uh, magazine towards me uh, with a Christmas cake recipe in it and said, you should make that. <laughs> it was also about the Christmas cake, but she also felt that I needed some kind of therapy and some occupational therapy might help me and I thought uh, my immediate thought was yes dear but I was thinking there's no way I'm gonna make that anyway the Spirit of God got to work and uh, and I thought you know what I'm gonna make that cake this cake this cake this cake let me tell you this cake this cake this cake is not just a culinary experience this cake will change your life I'm just saying I'm just saying this cake has got nuts in it, it's got fruit. This cake has got pomegranate molasses in it. I don't know whether you've even heard of pomegranate molasses, but my cake has got pomegranate molasses in it. And there's a whole story about pomegranate molasses, which I won't tell you about, but the thing is, is this cake has taken time. My kids have been rib ribbing me because they say I'm getting old because I was making it at the end of October. Why? Because if you're going to make a really good Christmas cake, you can't make it two days before Christmas. It takes a little time. And so all those people have been mocking and ribbing me. Don't bother come near me at Christmas time. when you want a piece of cake now and now it's all ready and, 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 and looking nice. You know, there are some things that take time. You have to give time to marinate. You can't buy a drive-through gourmet meal. If you're going to become a surgeon, it takes 
thank God a little time. You can't read a book and take an online test and get a surgeon's qualification. You can't pay for a day's tuition and, and fly a jumbo jet. It takes time. It takes time to make a man or woman of God. See, talent will get you so far. You know, we, we, we love talent. We live in, you know, we live in a X-factor generation where, you know, years ago, uh, there wasn't the, the talent competition. And people will see talent as a route to prosperity and, and all that. And, you know, not going on so much about that. But all I'm saying is that you can have as much talent in the world. But if you're going to be a man of God, if you're going to be a woman of God, it takes time. It takes time in any sphere where, where skill is involved. It takes time to develop those skills because something of caliber and quality will, will stand the test of time takes time. And for all the stuff we talked about from microwave meals to, to instant whip, all those things we talk about, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you will not be able to microwave His promises. His plans take a little time. We pray for an oak tree and God hands us an acorn. Because God is a God of time and of process. Some things take time. And I'm, you know, I'm just aware that maybe there are some people here who in this year of Jubilee, you've not yet had your breakthrough. You haven't yet got your downstairs photo booth moment. And I, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like to pray and believe for your jubilee moment and for you not to get the moment you were anticipating. You know, this year for some, favor meant that you got your harvest. And some people will be sharing their harvest moments down in the booth there. But for some, jubilee meant you were handed seed. And your story is still being written. You, you've not got your harvest moment. You've not got your breakthrough moment. But you've been handed something. And that, that something awaits a due time. It waits a right time. But that seed is just as much a breakthrough jubilee moment as your harvest. Because it speaks of a harvest that is yet to come. Favor for some meant this year that God cut something out of your life. And maybe it was difficult and maybe, maybe it was painful and maybe you shed some tears because it was difficult. And you've maybe said to yourself, huh, I thought this was supposed to be the year of the Lord's favor. And maybe it's going to take you a little bit of time to realize when you've dried your eyes and the pain has begun to fade, maybe then you'll realize, you know what? God has taken something away that was killing me. God was taking some, has taken something away that was stealing my strength. 
and there'll be some who will be sharing the things that God has added to their life, which has brought them joy. All I'm saying is that God is a God who pours out favor into our life. He is faithful to his promises. It's just for some. Our photo booth moment may take a little time. The higher the call, the deeper the preparation. The fullness of time tells us that there is a prepared time. In fact, I actually love this. The, the, that, that word fullness uh, contains the picture language of a ship that is filled with the sailors and, and the workers and the, the food and the supplies and the, the freight. Everything's on board. Everything's ready to go. The ship has everything that it needs in order to set sail. That's what that contained in that word, the fullness of time is contained with that. The ship is filled with everything that is needed and it's ready to set sail. You see, the ship will sail. But there are some things that need to be put in place before it does. If the ship sets sail prematurely, it won't have all that it needs in order to complete the journey. The loading of the ship now makes preparation for a future point. There are things that are going on the ship right now that I don't need right now. It's not right now at this moment. It's not necessary because where I am, I'm in the I'm in the harbor. I don't need what is going on that ship. But that ship is about to take a journey, and there are things going on that ship that I will need. And if I bypass this moment because you say, "Well, well, I don't need that." No, right? You don't need that right now where you are, but you're going to need it. You just need to be patient. You're seeing some things go on now. What does that mean? Because you're not, you're in an environment now that does not make sense of some of the things that you are receiving. But soon, if you hold on and hold steady, the environment that you're in will make sense of some of the things that you're receiving and you'll understand and have your ah moment when you understand why God brought that into your life. It makes no sense right now. But when that ship goes into some territory that you've never been in before, then that stuff will make sense. It is making preparations for a future point. We um, had the, the funeral and the remembrance service of dear old Tony Millica this week. And um, I had the privilege of uh, speaking um, at, at, at the Thanksgiving service. And I, uh, some of you here will remember Tony and you remember Laura, his wife. They've been figures that have been around here for many, many, many years. Um, and I made reference um, to the fact that although Tony was not somebody that 
I knew well. He'd been around my life for many years, and that was partly because uh, he and Laura uh, lived very near to my grandmother in Aspley. I was very, very close to uh, my grandmom and my, and my granddad, and we, uh, and, and we used to see them. And uh, sometimes I'd be uh, at my grandmother's on a, on a Sunday, and I would see Coney uh, and Laura, they used to go and stand outside at the bus stop waiting to come here. They used to go and stand outside the old Methodist church on Aspley Lane. And, uh, and, I rem- and sometimes uh, on a Sunday, um, uh, my grandmom uh, would uh, take uh, me to, to Trent Bridge on a, on a Sunday night, uh, which sometimes would cause us to be at the bus stop at the time when Coney and, and Laura uh, were at the bus stop. And you know, looking back, I can't even imagine why I was so fascinated by them, but I absolutely was fascinated by them. I was fascinated by this couple, uh, Laura in her hat, Tony in his gray suit with his red tie, burgundy tie. And, uh, and I was absolutely fascinated uh, by them. And I remember one day particularly, and I was only about eight, nine, ten years of age, something like that. Can't be specific. But I remember one day Tony asked us if we wanted to, uh, like the, the, they were in like small talk conversation um, with uh, my grandmother and they said, oh, uh, you know, you ought to come to church with us one time. And, um, and my grandmother battered the, the um, invitation away, like, oh, well, you know, we're busy, and I go to a church sometimes, and really didn't take, but it really impacted me. I was just a little boy, but it really impacted me that they invited us to come along. But I was also taking my cues from my grandmother because I was thinking, well, I don't know, you know, maybe that's not good. I don't know, because I saw her reaction. And I was just reflecting upon the fact that what was an amazing thing was that that day, that's that Sunday evening, Tony Milliker was addressing the future leader of his church. He was addressing the one who was going to speak at his funeral and at his Thanksgiving service. But it wasn't immediately obvious because he was hidden in a 10-year-old boy at the time. And I was just thinking about the passing of time and the fullness of time. And, you know, some things we've got to wait 40 years for. For the fullness of time. For the prepared time. I also want to say, never underestimate the power of an invitation. It might take a little time, but God will use it. See, David was anointed to be king, but he was still a shepherd boy. There was a king hidden in a shepherd boy's body. Joseph was a young man with a dream, but the route to the dream was through a pit and a prison. But in the fullness of time, God delivered on his promise. Jesus, as God, lived on the earth. And I just became fascinated about this, that, that, that God was hidden for 30 years in relative anonymity, just waiting for the prepared time, for the appointed time. I don't know. It seems that 
it seems like it would be amazing like if God was trying to prove his presence that they'd have had this little toddler or they would have this little boy or they, 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 they I mean they, they, we had a glimpse of him uh, as a 12 year old where he was teaching where we understand he was clearly carrying something special and people were amazed at his wisdom and, and, and they, they understood that there was something special going on here and that was the glimpse of, of the fact that this was no ordinary boy but still he had to wait for the prepared time So, so what do you do while you're standing at the bus stop waiting for the fullness of time? Because I think, yeah, you know, it's for me, I don't know about you, but for me, I like to have some stuff to say, okay, it's great. I hear what you're saying. We're going to have to wait for some stuff, but how do you wait? How do you wait? Help me to wait. Help me. Help, don't just leave me like this. Help me to wait for that time. These are some things that I think that are important. Firstly, stay prayerful. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The message version puts it like this. I love it. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. See, I don't know about you, but I know in my life that while I've waited, the enemy has taken the gap. And the enemy is not shy to point out what isn't happening. The enemy is not shy to point out that there were some things that God said, and mm, wait a minute, it's been a little while now, and you're not seeing any of that stuff. And hey, just a minute, let's look at your circumstances. Let's look at your life. Let's look at your finances. Let's look at the way people see you. Let's, uh, let's look at some of that stuff, because none of that is pointing to any of the stuff that God has said. The enemy will come and whisper lies in your ears. And it, there is an opportunity to worry when you're believing and, 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 and you're stressing because the stuff that you're believing for is taking time to get to you. And that's why it is so important that we allow our prayers, our worries rather, to be shaped into prayers and to, and to pray. The interesting thing about praying during these seasons is that it doesn't feel like it's doing any good at all. I don't know whether I'm talking to anybody this morning. You know, the thing is this. It's one thing when you feel like your prayers are hitting home. When you feel like your prayers are working. When you feel like God is on it. You feel at one with the Holy Spirit. And you're, you're praying those kind of prayers that feel like they're moving heaven and earth. But it has been my experience that during the season of waiting, there are many times when it felt, felt, like my prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling. They were bouncing off the walls. They weren't making any they weren't having of any use 
at all. But I just happen to believe that when perhaps my prayers feel the least powerful is when actually they're the most powerful. It is in the enemy's interest to make you feel what you're doing that for. It's a waste of time. It doesn't work. Give up. Throw in the towel. But the devil is a liar. Keep praying. While you're waiting, keep praying. Don't Allow yourself to worry. Yes, you'll be tempted to worry. Yes, you might find yourself worrying. But allow God to help you to turn those worries into prayers. So stay prayerful. Stay worshipful. Acts 16.25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Now that word, that that verse there does not point out the pain that their backs were bleeding because they'd been beaten and they were in chains. But they found a place of worship. Can I say to us, you know, sometimes I feel that we miss a trick. We, we, We miss an opportunity because so much of our worship revolves around the way that I'm feeling, the mood that I'm in, how distracted I am. Whether I'm going into town to do the shopping. What about lunch? What about the work next week? And, and I allow myself to become distracted. And, 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 and I find myself, uh, you know, it's almost like worship becomes a place where I can feel entertained. Where I sit back and I listen. And, 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 it, and it, it, you know, I, I decide whether I like it or whether I don't like it. But worship is meant to be active. Worship is not passive. God doesn't want me passive in my pain. He wants me to learn how to worship, to press through, to press in. And my back might be bleeding. I might be in chains right now. But I'm going to find a place of worship. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, can't, I can't get my head around a lot of stuff right now, but I'm going to sing this like I mean it. I'm going to sing. When I sing here in the power of Christ, I stand. I'm going to mean it. I'm not just going to allow it to affect my intellect. I'm going to engage my spirit. I'm going to be active. The devil would just love me to stand there and just be out of it and anesthetized and, and dulled down and dumbed down because the enemy knows the power of worship even if we don't but there's something that happens in me as I bring a sacrifice of praise when you find a place of praise in your prison or your place of pain that gets heaven's attention anyone can praise God in the good times Anyone can praise God when your bills are paid and everything's sorted. But when you're in pain and you're in prison and you decide, I'm going to praise the Lord. I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but I'm making a decision that I don't feel like it. I'm not in the mood for it, but I'm going to praise anyway. I'm going to praise until I feel like praising. I'm going to worship until I feel like worshiping. Stay worshipful. Turn to someone and say, stay worshipful. Thirdly, stay hopeful. Stay hopeful. Psalm 25 verse 3 says, No one who hopes in you, speaking of God, will ever be put to shame. No one, no one who hopes in God will ever be put to shame. Remember that God is good. 
He knows who you are. He knows where you are. Hope. Just stay hopeful. Keep hoping. Putting your hope in God is never a waste of time. God will make sure that, that, that we are not put to shame. Things may not always work out how I anticipate it. There are some times where I've written the end of a story and the, the story that, the ending that I wrote was not the, the story that God wrote. And ultimately, he's in charge. Ultimately, he is the one who is writing my story. My story must always give way to God's story. Because his story is the best story. If I don't understand it from now till the day I die, if I don't understand it one day before I stand before him, it remains true that his story is better than my story. And the ending he writes will always be better than the ending I write. In fact, there are many times, we won't go there, but there are many times in the Bible where people did write the end of their own story and they got the end of their own story that they wrote. It wasn't the one God wanted and they regretted it. They regretted getting what they had pressed for. But stay hopeful. Stay hopeful when you're waiting because it's so easy to lose hope. We need to, we need to stay hopeful and we need to stay faithful. Stay full of faith. This is, these two are very closely linked, but Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, what I've learned about myself is that, see, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who, um, I'm not afraid of my own company. I, I enjoy solitude. I enjoy being with God. I, but you know that there are times See, some of you, you love people. You just want to be around people all the time. The, the thought of being on your own is dreadful, but that, that's, that's not the way I am. But let me tell you, there are times when me being on my own is the worst idea. My wife didn't say amen then, but I can hear it in her thoughts. It's the worst idea. Because you see, left to myself, I can, I, t I can take myself to some pretty rubbish places. So while I'm waiting, while I'm waiting for the fullness of time, I place myself in environments where faith can be fueled and nurtured. I, I, I make, because I don't feel like generating that. So I put myself in environments where I make myself, I, I expose myself to the stuff that is going to generate. I can't even begin to tell you the times where I've, you know, where I have um, uh, put, you know, back in the day, you know, CDs on and cassettes on back, of the, back in the day, you know, just like, just listening to stuff, getting the Word of God into me, putting music on, just getting myself, because left to myself, my head is taking me to a place where actually I don't want to go. But I put myself in a place where, where, where uh, faith is being fueled, where it's being nurtured, because I want to stay hopeful. I want to stay full of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I will never understand it. I will never understand it why people who are going through tough times back off from church. 
I'm just getting, you know, I'll be back. I'll be back. But, but I'm just getting a few things sorted out. The best place to get things sorted out is in the presence of God. The best place to get things sorted out is, is to be around people and, 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 and to, to receive encouragement and, 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 and love. Be in a place where faith can be nurtured. Sometimes I need your faith because my faith is not enough. Sometimes I need to hear your story because your story is in is encouraging me about my story. I've not, I've not got to your ending yet, but I am trusting God that God is, is going to do something. And then I also have opportunity to rehearse testimonies, how God has come through for me in times gone by. Because I don't know about you, but when I share testimonies, when I, when I share some of the stories of what God has done in times gone by, faith, it's fueled in me again. That's, that's why Lynette and I are great believers in writing stuff down in journals because sometimes you need to go back. You're in a season where you need to go back and say, look, my God, I don't feel like it this morning or I don't feel like it this evening, but the same God who helped me there is the same God who's going to help me now. You gave me that breakthrough. The faith is once again stirred in me. We have to stoke the fires of faith. We've got to stay prayerful, stay worshipful, stay hopeful, stay faithful, stay thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, Give thanks in some circumstances for this is God's will. Uh, in, sorry? In, right. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Whatever you're going through, be thankful. Be thankful. Stay thankful. Because that is God's will in Christ Jesus. We've got to find a place of being thankful. That's why sometimes I need people because I need people to give me a different perspective than the one I'm carrying right now. You know, some of us, some of us will hide from people because we're fearful that the, there are people who are going to give us the wrong perspective. They're going to they're say things that we don't want to hear. But I'm going to get myself around some people who aren't going to just tell me what I want to hear. They're going to tell me what I need to hear. And I built some bridges and I built some relationships and I have put some things in place, nurtured some uh, relationships so that when the tough times come, I've got some people around me who can speak into my spirit, speak into my soul, tell me some things that I need to hear, slap me up the back of the head if necessary and say, come on Malcolm, it's time to be thankful, give thanks, remember what the Lord did there, remember what the Lord did for you there and I, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, stay thankful, stay joyful. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I've been surprised quite how much discipline it takes to maintain 
the joy of the Lord. It takes a lot of discipline to be joyful when you're in the midst of difficult circumstances. But the Bible tells us that there is strength in joy. I'm not just talking about levity. I'm not just talking about laughing. And, and, and they're, they're, yeah, they're, that's part of joy and humor. That's all part of joy. I'm talking, there's a kind of joy that gives us, God gives us that is beyond our circumstances. Uh, our, you know, our heads can't really work out how I can be feeling okay in this set of circumstances. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. bit of an x-factor fan Joseph was saying to me that dad what are you going to do when x-factor finishes I know it's a bit of a thing to actually uh, a grown male to admit that they like the x-factor but I do I do actually like it and of course it's the uh, the final tonight so I won't be in church because I'll be watching that no I'm joking I'm just joking I'm joking I'm going to record it but you know, it's, it's, it's quite something when they get to that stage when uh, everyone's out on the on the the the, um, the stage and, and they're reading out the the reading out the results and um, uh, everyone's waiting and, and 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 everyone's longing for their name to be called out and then I don't know whether it's the tension because they really string it out. It's just good TV, but they really string it out. But they're all so, and then they hear somebody else's name called out and they're going yes. Yes, and they're hugging, and they're kissing, and they're high-fiving. And I'm thinking, I'm wondering. I'm just wondering how genuine that joy is. Because your name, hearing somebody else's name being called out, means that your name is still waiting to be called out. But I want to say this, that if that was, perchance, genuine, it's a good thing. Because part of staying joyful is learning to be joyful and not jealous. That while we wait, we get better, not bitter. We learn to celebrate with those who are getting their harvest while I'm in the process of getting seed. And I can celebrate your harvest. Even though all I've got right now is a handful of seed, I celebrate your harvest because my handful of seed means you know what? One day, my, my harvest is coming. My harvest is coming and you'll be able to celebrate with me. I, I, this is my future harvest. But right now, I'm, I'm shouting with you. Right now, I'm dancing with you. I'm, I'm singing with you because you've got your harvest. Celebrate with those who ship has finally sailed even though yours hasn't yet sailed because the time has not yet fully come for you but just because their ship has sailed it doesn't mean your ship isn't going to sail it just means that right now your ship is still being loaded up with what is necessary for the journey 
And, and, and you've got learn to celebrate. Learn to be there with your handkerchief and, and standing on the, the, the side of, 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 of the port, standing there, wave, waving, shouting, cheering, yes. And, and, and you can also throw out the, yes, and I believe. Yes, and I believe. I believe my day is coming. I, I believe my time is coming. I can celebrate you because your success is not hindering my success. Your harvest is not hindering my harvest. My God, the same God who gave you a breakthrough will also give me a breakthrough. And I celebrate with you. So while you're standing at the bus stop waiting for the fullness of time. Stay prayerful. Stay worshipful. Stay hopeful. Stay faithful. Stay thankful. Stay joyful. You say, wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need it. And you're going to need it. It's work. It's going to take work. But God is faithful. God is faithful. And your day is coming. The fullness of time will come. Because when the fullness of time comes, there is a right time. God is on time. Because some things take time. There is a prepared time. God bless you.